Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This is On the Pony Express after Stang's postgame show. Tune in after each SMU game for reaction, exclusive interviews, and more. Check out all our SMU coverage you need at OnThePonyExpress.com. A part of the On3 network. Now, your host, Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the After Stank Show here at Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. I'm Billy Embody. With me is SMU left tackle Marcus Bryant. Marcus, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. It's good to be here. Uh, you guys come out and get a you know opening win of AAC play. You beat Charlotte 34-16. Let's start there. How important was it to start out with a win in conference play, kind of bounce back from, from last week's? Uh, it was good because, you know, we were just starting to figure out who we, who we are, you know, with running the ball and stuff like that. And uh, I feel like it was just a good kickoff, and I feel like we can go win the conference championship. When you guys were kind of bouncing back from last week, did you guys have to talk about it as a team, kind of say, hey, we, we really need to focus in this week and not let last week affect this week? Yeah, we uh, did a lot of moving on, you know, uh, we we fixed a a little bit of stuff that we messed up last week. And, uh, you know, uh, we just had to get our mindsets right for the next week and move on from that. Um, And when it comes to the offensive line tonight, uh, you were rotating it uh, with P.J. Williams, kind of you guys hiring, uh, working that rotation. Tell me a little bit about that that plan for you guys as you guys go through you know the season and trying to stay fresh. Uh, you know it's really important because you know uh, 
we, we all get banged up. You know, we all just need to stay healthy. And uh, rotating us throughout the game will really keep us healthy throughout the season. Um, when it comes to what you guys were able to accomplish tonight, um, you guys opened that second half with that Jalen Knight and touchdown run. Uh, how encouraging was that to see uh, him break him break away for that 95-yard touchdown run? Man, it was exciting, bro. It was, like, really explosive. Uh, it was really just good to see because we haven't had, like, a long touchdown run this, this year like that. And uh, it was just really good to see and a, a nice start. Um, when it comes to uh, the the offensive line as a unit, how have you guys felt you guys have done so far this year? You guys didn't have Justin Osborne tonight, you know, as he kind of tries to grind through that injury he's having. Uh, I feel like we're doing pretty well. We have great practice habits, you know. Uh, we we tend we tend to play fast and physical, uh, and uh, uh, Dale's battling through his stuff. I, I think he'll be back uh, for the ECU game. We just needed him uh, to rest up for this week, and uh, I feel like we're gonna be the best offensive line in the AAC. When we look at what you guys have accomplished uh, throughout the first five games of the season. Where do you feel like this team is uh, as you guys now enter the bye? Which is crazy to think about. You go one conference game and all of a sudden they hit you with a bye. But yeah. here we are. Um, I feel like we're growing every game. You know, we have real adversity with uh, OU and TCU. But I, feel, I still feel like we're growing as a, as a team. And I feel like uh, every game we're just going to get better. Um, to have kind of a weird game. Uh, kind of hit you guys today. I mean, there were, you know, one play drives. There were short, short fields, penalties here and there. What was it? What's it like going through a game like that? I mean, you guys usually are around seventy plus plays. I think tonight, fifty-five or so. I looked up at one point. Just kind of a, one of those weird games. How do you stay focused and locked in on assignment? Uh, you just never fold. You know, you just never blink. Like just got to keep keep your head down and uh, don't really think about. Uh, sitting out for a long time because I, I the second half I didn't really uh get in so I was kind of like it was kind of like boring but like you just got to get locked in so um when you looked at SMU this season are you guys you guys aren't where you want to be yet right I mean what what do you guys have to do now that you guys go into the bye week you've got to you know try and address certain things with the team uh, just focus on details, uh, stay focused on the, the main goal, and that's winning the championship, and uh, just go 1-0 and each week. Um, and, and this Charlotte team, let's talk about this game a little bit more. They they add a bunch of transfers, kind of like you guys in a way. Yeah. Um, but that defensive line, is that was no joke. You know, they kind of got some pressure at times on Preston and things like that, but, you know, you guys were still able to go well over 200 yards rushing. What was that defensive line matchup like? I mean, I don't know if you could compare it, but kind of compare it against, you know, no U at TCU. What was that kind of competition I, level like? I feel like that's uh, one of the best teams we'll play this year. Uh, they were really good off the edge. And um, I just think I just think we just got after them and uh, made them tap out. Billy, I'm Body here uh, at Shook's Bagels with Marcus Bryant, continuing our conversation. Again, check us out, the After Stang Show, uh, and check out Shug's After Hours. You get bagels, you get sandwiches, all those things until 2 a.m., pretty much every night of the week. And, Marcus, uh, now that you guys have gotten to pass this, is it kind of one of those, like, weights off the shoulder a little bit? You know, you don't want to let last week beat you, but now you get past it, and now you can kind of – I mean, Nelson Paul, after the game, was like, 
I'm looking forward to that massage tomorrow for the yeah. bye week. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just feel like I just feel like it was a good game, good uh, good team, and uh, good 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 time to go one and all and start off the conference. But uh, I feel like. We just got to focus on the details during this bye week and uh, get ready for EC. To uh, to uh, go into conference play, you get 1-0. Obviously, you guys have, have preached that 1-0 EC mentality. But as you look back on 1-2-2 you know, two two league play, you guys still have the conference goal in front of you going to a championship game. Was the results from conference play kind of motivating, saying, hey, if we don't want that to define our season. We want to go out and let everybody know we can challenge for and, you know, appear in the championship game. Yeah, uh, we, we knew there was going to be times where adversity hit, uh, whether it was a win or loss. But uh, I just think uh, this this 1-0 really stamped us. And uh, I feel like we're going to grow as a team each week. When, uh, you know, you got ready for this season – what were the biggest areas that you sat down and said, I need to get better at X, I need to get better at Y? Where do you feel like you have personally really grown this season? I think I've gotten better as a run blocker. Um, I feel like last year, um, uh, that was my weakness, run blocking and uh, bending my knees and throwing my hips. So I feel like I, I'm starting to do that more, and it's going to elevate me as a player. Um, and now – Look ahead a little bit here and, and not focus on this season, but next season, SMU goes into the ACC. Kind of been asking all the guys that have come through our post-game show, what, what was your reaction to it, and does it impact you at all when you look ahead to a decision in the offseason, maybe? Uh, yeah, it definitely does. Um, ACC is great competition there, so I'll, I'll, I'll be ready to play. But I'm more focused on right now, so, I mean – it's gonna be good. Do you talk to talk to friends or you know people who aren't at SMU or around the program, and they say, "Wow, hey, that's that's a big time." Or, or what's kind of the reaction that you kind of got? Uh, people don't really talk to me about that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people just they don't they don't really know about offensive linemen. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, nah, nobody really talks to me about that. So okay, yeah. all right. Um, well, what what's your kind of bi-week routine you got your folks here i saw them on the boulevard a couple of weeks ago saw them tonight um are you gonna get away and go back home a little bit i know i know you got school but yeah I don't, I don't know i don't know it's up to mom she right here so uh, <laughs> you know I, I have to see i have to get my body back playing playing in texas and being so close to home can you talk about what that experience has been like for you to have family close by you know some guys leave the state some guys come back or whatever, but what's it been like having them with you throughout this? You know, I mean, we were talking before the show, knowing you for, I think, five, six years now, COVID year and all this stuff. I mean, what's it been like through that to have them nearby? Well, it's been good. You know, I, I feel like I have a good support system. They, they come to uh, almost every game, and uh, I'm really happy that they, they can see me. Cool. Awesome. Well, we won't see you at Ford Stadium uh, until homecoming, October 28th, I believe the game is. Uh, so we'll see you on the road. Enjoy the bye week. Thanks so much for coming in. Marcus Bryant, SMU left tackle, stopping by a few minutes with us on the After Stang Show, which will continue in just a second. As we go into uh, the bye week, be sure to stop by Shugs. You're going to have time next Saturday to swing through campus in Mockingbird Plaza, pick up a bagel. Pick up uh, – have you had – Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear almost every day. So. Okay, what's yeah. your go-to? 
with a cream cheese bagel. Okay. And then I get a second sandwich with egg, sausage, and uh, cheese. Okay. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, spread there. Whatever you guys want, locks. You know, they've got the chicken parm sandwich. They've got ranch cutlet. Check them out, Chuck's Bagels. Marcus, thanks so much for coming by. Yes, Appreciate Pony Sports DPX as well uh, for helping out with Marcus, getting him here, uh, and we'll let him get get back to it with his family. So thanks a lot for coming you. through. All right, Marcus. See you. We're going to continue on the After Stank show live here at Chug's Bagels. We'll get to some player reaction. Head coach, coach Rhett Lashley, Jalen Knighton, Nelson Paul, as SMU defeats Charlotte, 34-16. We are live here at Chuck's Bagels. I appreciate Marcus for stopping in with us, taking some time. Um, and look, this was the game that, you know, SMU had to come back and bounce back from after that loss uh, to TCU. And they did that. And Jalen Knight, very emphatic when talking about it post game that it was an emphasis from the coaching staff that they had to step up and take this one on and, and get this one across the finish line. And SMU did just that. Coach. Coach, Coach Lasley emphasized that this team is finna come to play. It wasn't no thinking that we just finna walk in and just catch an easy win. You know, so we had to really prepare. We had to really dial in. We had to really watch film, really study, and make sure that we on top of our details so that we could come out here and execute every play. So Coach was really on us all week, making sure that we tuning in to our details and staying focused so that we don't get distracted or thinking that this is finna be an easy win. Because conference play is not, it's not going to be easy. So every team will kind of play because they're trying to get that ring too. And he kind of mentioned that um, their coach said they were, I'm not sure, broken toys or something like that. But that just makes the team dangerous. You know, they're they're willing to do any scheme, any plan to just try to get points on the board. And he basically emphasized it's one and zero. Doesn't matter what the record is. Just take everything a step at a time and keep your head down and win the game. So as SMU now gets into the bye week, lots of things to kind of clean up. I mean, this was one of those games that, you know, SMU had to overcome that kind of mental mindset when you go into a game that is coming off of a rivalry game, especially a loss. Uh, you're going to have to kind of tweak your mentality and overemphasize things. So SMU has not started well in the second halves, but they have been starting better to open games. And they did just that. They went right down the field scored a touchdown to open up the scoring when Roger Daniels caught that jet flip uh, from Preston Stone to take it in from 12, 12 yards out. The defense got a stop, and SMU was able to build a 27-3 lead over the next three quarters, which is what you wanted, and that was kind of emphasized again by starting strong in the second half. SMU went down and scored um, with that 95-yard touchdown run from Jalen Knighton to kick things off. Um, and then they were able to kind of continue to hold Charlotte. You know, that was a team that I think just from talking with, uh, you know, Rhett Lashley after the game, talking with some of the players, is a team that with all those transfers that Pip Koji brought in, it's just a, kind of a different animal than maybe that preseason pick to be last in the conference. That's why they played Maryland. That's why they played Florida hard. And that gets through this one. Kind of a dangerous team when you look at Jalen Jones, what he was able to do, at least running the football scaring you with that 52-yard uh, run that he had early in the game. But after that, SMU really bottled him up well. Uh, they went uh, to their backup quarterback, Ivy. He was able to kind of get some things going, finish 10 of 17 for 170 yards and a touchdown. I think for me, this game is so hard to kind of review in a way because 
you get things like SMU getting a stop on the second drive and then Charlotte muffing their punt, SMU getting a 15-yard touchdown drive shortly thereafter. That changes the whole dynamic when you go up 14 nothing just like that. A 95-yard touchdown drive, that's going to kill a lot of stats and things like that for other players from the different areas that SMU is normally um, adding to. And, look, I'm not saying, you know, you want a long, long drive just to have stat padding opportunities, but SMU ran just 61 offensive plays tonight, um, and Charlotte was able to control the clock, too, with some of those long drives in the second half. So, overall, it was just kind of a weird game that SMU had to get through, and Rhett Lashley agreed. Then again, and, and when you look at the film, it may be all on us. I mean, we had penalties, stopping drives on offense. We we let them run the ball way too much in the second half defensively. Um, they had two drives that we just and they ate the clock up. They had killed us in time of possession and plays. But hey, anytime you can come away with a double-digit conference win, you're going to be happy, and we're really happy and excited going to the bye week, one and zero in the league. And to kind of emphasize how kind of weird this game was, some injuries popped up, obviously, for SMU. They did not have Justin Osborne, which was pretty much expected. He was pretty gimpy in practice this week. LJ Johnson, the running back, was not able to go. Brandon Crosley, who was questionable this week, wasn't able to go. But the big question mark as the game kind of got going was, where is Kamar Wheaton? Have, we've had multiple questions roll in on our YouTube channel, as well as our OnThePonyExpress.com subscribers asking us, where was Kamar Wheaton? Well, he was going to play. He tweaked his hamstring in warm-ups per Rhett Lashley, and he ran in there for one play, and then they subbed him out uh, for right after that, and, and that was that. So um, situation where he couldn't go, he tried to. He was kind of jogging a little bit on the sidelines and then stayed off it. So Kamar Wheaton um, was going to uh, play, but then uh, tweaked his hamstring in warm-ups. So tough, tough blow there uh, for him, but at least he does have the bye week. Get right. Um, we obviously saw what he could do against TCU, but wasn't able to play tonight. That allowed Belton Gardner to carry 14 times, 64 yards, um, and had a nice 23-yard run as his long. Um, Preston Stone carried nine times for 46 yards. He did lose some on sacks, but overall um, he was able to uh, gain 46 yards overall. Uh, but um, this is going to be a team that does have some things to clean up going into the bye week. The tackling continues to be something that they're going to have to get back to the basics to. As they get into that bye week, they're going to take care of their bodies. They're going to be able to rest some of these guys. But they're a team that has gone back to the basics a lot when it comes to tackling and trying to clean those things up. And the same goes for penalties. But honestly, SMU has not been a team that has really been kind of killed by penalties this season. So, And let me just say this. Some of the officiating, I mean, if you're Looking at SMU moving on to the ACC, one of the reasons you can be happy about that is that you can get away from AAC officiating. This is one of those games where the official couldn't even spit out what was actually being reviewed, how, why, all those things. So for SMU, some of those penalties were just bizarre. We saw the block in the back on nine, on uh, Jalen Knighton's 95-yard touchdown run picked up um, when, in fact, the guy tripped um, and Jordan Hudson was just happened to be around him. Uh, the, the coaching staff seemed like they were a little unsure if there was actually a lineman downfield on the play when uh, Keyshawn Smith scored uh, and it was called back and then Preston Stone threw the interception. So, look, guys, we're going to get to some of our questions from our subscribers at OnThePonyExpress.com. We're also going to uh, get to the rest of the ones that 
are on our YouTube channel rolling in right now. So I'm Billy Ambody. We had Marcus Bryan on earlier in the show, SMU starting left tackle. Uh, he was here hanging out for a bit, talking about the game. Uh, so check that out on the replay when you get a chance to. But we are live on location, Shugs Bagels, uh, for their after hours. After every single SMU home game, we do the after staying show live here at Shugs Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. Check them out, ShugsBagels.com. We appreciate them uh, for helping us out and, and hosting us here. Uh, SMU owned as well. So that's always a positive. You can check them out uh, and, and get their bagels. Trust me, they're in this bye week for SMU. They don't play again until Thursday, uh, October 12th, I believe, at East Carolina. Uh, that will be that will give you plenty of time to go check out Shug's Bagels uh, with the bye week next weekend. So I appreciate them for, for hosting us at all, as always. But look, I get this question a lot. And SMU Giddy Up on the board asks, you know, can you discuss Preston's arm strength? Is it a is it a a legitimate reason to be concerned, or are things just not clicking for the offense? I think for me, and and one thing that I'd like to get a little bit more kind of clarity on is just when he drops back to pass. There are moments where things are timed up well, things are looking smooth. I think the bootleg game is a prime example of that. But then you get into some of these longer developing pass plays and you struggle at times to see when he retreats and kind of buys time. And I, I understand having played the position, what Preston is trying to do, um, where he's almost trying to set up his offensive line to pick up a block because he's going to scramble the other way or he's going to bait the defensive lineman to keep going upfield and then he's going to step up. But too often we've kind of seen him fade a little bit and so I just think one of the things that kind of I'd like to see cleaned up is setting his feet and throwing. When he hit R.J. Maryland on, I think it was a third down pass play in the fourth quarter. I believe it helped set up the touchdown, the final touchdown for them of the game. But it was just kind of short-armed, and there was no one around him, and he was falling off his back foot, and it was kind of a flat route. It was almost a screen just one of those things where just kind of gather and just and just let it go or I I don't know I I just think that those are some of the examples I almost when you talk about it, Preston's arm strength I think he has the ability to make the throws that are required of him and we kind of talked about this in spring conviction to throw it maybe a little earlier um is something that on deep balls in particular I'd like to see uh I do think he has the arm strength to make all the throws I think there are times where he repeats a little too far again got to like really rewatch and kind of compare notes because sometimes you can see things happen and you see them once or twice and you say well gosh that's just killing the offense well who knows I mean those are certain plays that don't that might not actually have stacked up and killed the offense there are things to work on that might might not be perfect but um I, I don't think I, I don't know how I feel about it because I think some of it is is just so much of hey step and throw and make it make a very under control delivery um, when it comes to just completing a pass because um, sometimes it, it gets um, kind of too too out of hand and, and things like that with some of the falling off the back foot and things like that. But you know, just like Justin Stone, this team isn't a finished product. Get the question in uh, Calchum was what percentage of the full offensive package has been imp implemented? I don't think we've had this discussion since the June Jones era. Uh, where I think he, I think he said uh, there's only 10% of uh, the offense installed. But look, uh, I think SMU has 
full complement of the offense. And I think some of the players they talked about this week, which for example, is a friend of the program here, uh, hasn't been able to pick it all up yet in terms of everything they want to do, but they're still working on that. That's why the bye week is huge and critical and a big opportunity for that. And look, Jalen Knighton, adamant. This team is not a finished product, and they're still ready to keep going. Oh, you definitely, you definitely right with that. Um, we still, we still got things that we got we can get better on. Like we still like to get better as a as a unit on the offensive side and the defensive side, and on special teams unit. We still can get better. We still, we still got to come in. Like that's what I'm saying. The bye week, we still got to get right because it's we're not complete yet. We still got, we still got little errors that we have to work on, but. It still can be fixed. It still can be fixed. We still got we got seven more games for conference play, so we can fix it. We just gotta on our body take advantage of that on a free week. We gotta take advantage of little things like that so that we can be complete. So you can tell. I mean, Jalen Knighton, and, and he's a great interview by the way. Has been really, really good with the media. As you look at what he's been able to kind of share, you can see there's that motivation and swagger to this team a little bit. Like if you look at the Oklahoma and the TCU games, those are two games where I felt like SMU had that had that passion, had that effort. I felt like they at times kind of sleptwalked through tonight. Again, you were coming off an emotional game. You're looking at the bye week. It's right there ahead of you. You know what has all been said about Charlotte during the offseason. Um, you know they're one of three football teams. Yes, they played some power five opponent stuff, but you're just it's it's human nature a little bit. But you know, I think for SMU they they do have this motivation to be better each week. And, and I think that's hard to quantify. And I've been around SMU teams where they haven't finished well. I've been around one in the last decade that has finished well. And that was last season's team that finished the regular season on a five and two run. So it, it's it's hard to kind of pick up if you don't have exposure to it in different ways. But I, I just feel that this team has a different way about them in terms of how they approach getting better day in, day out. That's some of the transfers they have, and that's some of the returning players that they have. So they know they're not a finished product. I think they probably are kicking themselves, especially if you're an SMU fan looking up and seeing TCU falling at West Virginia tonight, or excuse me, at home to West Virginia tonight, that you let something slip through your hands. And that's why I kind of asked Marcus a little bit about that in terms of him, uh, you know, kind of getting that sense that, you know, they wanted to go into league play and kind of make a statement, go 1-0, go in the bye and get past this one, and then they can kind of get on their roll. And that's where SMU has to, again, kind of start fast, keep working at the little things. Like, I felt like the red zone, look, I I, I felt like the red zone was fine uh, this week. You know, I mean, I – it, it'll drive you nuts that you overthink it. And, and Rhett Lashley talked about this in the full post-game press conference. But, you know, Preston came over to him uh, right after the third and uh, one from the one um, on that third drive where they came away with a – or that third uh, scoring drive, I should say, where they came away with a field goal. And he said, should have just handed it to him. And it might not have dictated that, but Preston came right over after last week where we saw him kind of pull it and get into a quandary and this thing. I should have pulled that. I should have handed off that football. We would have been third, you know, at least fourth and one, maybe fourth and one and a half versus being I'm getting tackled in the backfield. And here we are because I took the loss. So 
it, it's one of those things where they just kind of keep chipping away at some of the things that you know they need to understand situationally. So um, offensively, uh, Pete's Mustang as offense feels clunky and thoughts also intentionally intentional grounding and roughing the passer on the same call. I didn't see that. Um, I saw the roughing the passer. I thought Princeton got drilled the play before and kind of a dirty helmet to the back play, but they didn't call that. But they called the uh, roughing the passer. Honestly, the officiating tonight. The big reason why SMU can't wait to get out of the AAC is officiating like we saw tonight. It was awful. It was brutal. Um, and they can't even explain what they're reviewing in a timely manner. So um, I, I'm not going to dwell too much on penalties tonight. It was just one of those weird games. Uh, but in terms of the offense, it is – I think we've seen this throughout the year. There are so many options. But I felt like SMU – was in a little bit better of a situation this week with how they kind of divvied up. And I don't have the snap counts, but it just felt the touches. And mind you, SME was still able to get uh, completion eight different receivers, one of them being the jet flip uh, to Roger Daniels, of course. But you have this offense that has gone from, you know, double-digit touches basically every single week this season to eight receivers. And you have Jalen Knighton being one of the receivers. So I, I I got the feeling like, you know, we saw a little bit of Romello Brinson. He had that one along the sideline where uh, I think they called it that he was juggling it or something. But I just it, – it was a really weird game overall offensively, but I felt like the receiver rotation, it felt a little bit more natural. Jordan Hudson, I keep saying this, they have got to get him on the field more and just let him do or die. You know, he is a young, talented Uber competitive receiver, just let him go and let him do what he does best. He caught a little screen uh, on one of his receptions and, and turned it into a 10-yard gain. And, and that's one of those things that he can do because he's so explosive. Um, and so I think uh, Ashley McDonald uh, on the on the uh, YouTube channel makes a great point. It's always tough playing a bunch of under 500 teams uh, or playing under 500 teams that have a bunch of good players. And, and Marcus and I, when we were walking in, and we kind of felt the same way. Like, this is a Charlotte team that added a ton of transfers in the offseason. And we saw them play some kind of middle-of-the-road Power 5 teams. But they played them really tough when they were literally picked basically to finish, you know, with one win. And who knows? They might. But uh, they don't have the, the talent of a one-win team right now. So, um, uh, FW Silver asks, what might it take for a QB change? Uh, you I, I, I don't know. I mean, Preston Stone absolutely going out there and laying an egg at East Carolina and then on the road at Temple. I think they're at Temple the next week. I mean, I, I think we're far off from that conversation. I mean, it, you can look at tonight and say 135 yards passing, but you also had one drive start on the 15. You had one drive start on the 42, and you had one drive that went 95 yards on one run by Jalen Knighton. Uh, so it's a game where you're – also running 61 plays. It's just bizarre. The whole game was choppy, bizarre between the penalties, field position, all those things. Um, it was just one of those weird games. So that doesn't mean Preston's perfect. That doesn't mean there's not room for improvement. But he has to throw, in my opinion, with more conviction down the field earlier. There are opportunities to make plays down the field. I felt like the opening deep shot to Jordan Curley was a prime example. 
you know, just let it go a little bit earlier. Instead, they're making a contested play at the back of the end zone. Just lay it out there. He's still one of the fastest guys on the team. He hasn't had the season that anybody has wanted for him, but just lay it out there for him. He's got the wheels to go get it. Um, and Danny SMU asked, is the receiver rotation causing some players to not click with the offense? Seems like only Bailey is the one who is playing consistently. So I agree with you. I thought we were going to see more of Roger Daniels this season, and tonight it was a good uh, good opportunity for him to get into the game a little bit more and get those opportunities, um, especially the jet flip and and just involving him a little bit more. He had a nice punt return, and I know he had a gaff on another where he caught it inside his own 10, but still he's kind of starting to find that little bit of a uh, niche uh, in this offense again. But I do think the rotation is – not necessarily hurting them as far as clicking, and this might not make sense, but it is hurting them in terms of getting into a rhythm and not knowing, hey, when I'm when, when am I coming out? When am I going to go back in? Who's up? Who's next? It, they have talented receivers. They legitimately have eight guys caught passes tonight, one of them being Jalen Knighton. Well, you could swap in Ramella Brinson for one of those, and you feel really good about that group and saying, yeah, that guy should probably play. That guy should probably play. Even what Romella did against OU, you know, that I thought he was going to kind of have a coming out party after that. But you have this rotation of receivers that stays consistent and they rotate them. They try to keep them fresh. You know, they they do that on the offense line here or there with P.J. Williams playing a little bit more tonight. Justin Osborne's obviously out there trying to get him healthy. But there's just so much rotating going on. You're just like, Hey man, like maybe it's time to go back to just riding with three or four or five receivers and just saying we're going to run you guys into the ground. Jake Bailey, Roger Daniels, slot, Jordan Curley, Jordan Hudson, Bucci Dixon, Keyshawn Smith. I, if I was probably doing a top four, that would probably be it. And then you just ride with them. You know, some some you know formations you're going to bring in R.J. Maryland and Nolan Matthews Harris. You might have Stone E.B. out there. So just kind of that. If you were going to whittle it, whittle it down, that's how it would happen. And I think it might help. So um, that is uh, one of the things that is, is kind of a, a tough situation for SMU to be in overall uh, when it comes to uh, figuring out what to do with all these receivers and how to keep them happy. It's not the passes, it's almost the snaps. So it's uh, it's a very interesting um, scenario kind of there to go, go with. Um, we'll finish this up. Um, on the team side of things, we'll touch on a little bit recruiting, and then we will get you guys out of here. But I'm Billy Amadi. We're here at Chugs Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza here at, after every single home game broadcasting live. We'll have a player uh, here with us each post game, uh, and then we do uh, from the comfort of my own home, the after staying show when SMU is on the road or from a stadium near you. Uh, Peruna Cox 22 on the on the Pony Express message board asks, how do you feel about the defense's future? Losing some big pieces on the line and some big pieces in the secondary. Um, he's talking about losing to Levelston, Elijah Chapman, um, and um, they are losing Nelson Paul, and they are losing Jordan Miller. Elijah Roberts has another season, and then they're losing Charles Woods, Chris Meganson, and uh, Jonathan McGill in that secondary uh, and actually, McGill has another year. It's uh, Brandon uh, Crosley. I always get this screwed up, but it's uh, Brandon Crosley who's out of eligibility. So uh, in terms of big picture, I think this is a defense that you're going to see them continue to reload with the transfer portal. SMU has crushed it with NIL. 
Um, and that is why this defense is playing as well as it is. Tonight, uh, they were able to hold them to 331 total yards. Uh, their yards per play, um, can't find it on this little sheet right here, but I'll look it up for you guys. Um, SB was able to, they'll, they'll, they'll move up again in total yardage allowed, total defense after playing Charlotte. Um, and they, they, they allowed 2.5 yards per play. Um, and, and that defense, I think, as Scott Simons has settled in, and you, you talked about it in the offseason, this is a group that you could not accurately assess last season because they needed such an upgrade in talent and they did not have any depth. So you bring back some key pieces. They have some young talent that's coming up. They're going to continue to build in the transfer portal on both sides of the ball. They're going to have to find defensive linemen, and that will determine how honestly I feel about it going into 2023. The good thing is for just a dollar for your first month, you can get on board with OnThePuntingExpress.com and then $10 a month from there on out. And the transfer portal window will have you covered with all the inside scoop on who the Mustangs are going after. So shameless plug there. Um, but that leads into this. Any insight on how some of the visits are going so far this weekend? SMU is hosting one of the top prospects in the state of Texas for an official visit. And that is Derek McFall, uh, who's actually committed to UCLA. All the way out uh, in Los Angeles is where he's currently committed to go play his college football. And Derek McFall is a guy that SMU has slowly and quietly built a relationship with over the last couple weeks and months uh, since he committed to UCLA, which, by the way, never visited LA uh, before making that decision. But here we are. Welcome to high school recruiting. The four-star prospect is on the verge of being a top 10 athlete in, this, in the entire country. Uh, he's knocking on the door of being a top 300 prospect. Uh, the 5'10", 185-pound senior from Tyler, Texas, is on SMU's campus this weekend with his entire family. Keenan Hall uh, is leading the way on that recruitment, trying to get him locked in to flip over to the Mustangs. So we'll be keeping a close eye on Derek McFall. Be sure to check back on Sunday for more on his official visit and where things stand for the Mustangs. But a big official visitor on campus. We'll have more recruiting notes as well uh, for our OnThePonyExpress.com subscribers. So check those out. Uh, we are still awaiting big recruiting news that we hinted at on the site a couple weeks back. Uh, it is uh, still a go. And Rhett Lashley even referenced it. He's expecting more guys to jump on board here soon. So with that, guys, we're going to wrap up this edition of the After Staying Show. We're live at Shokes Bagels. Shutting it down, though. Check out After Hours. Go to shokesbagels.com. You can order online, pick it up, or you can order delivery as well. So appreciate them for always having us and uh, shutting this one down. It's the bye week for SMU. They go into it 3-2 and two overall, 1-0 and in AAC play after a 34-16 win in Ford Stadium against Charlotte. So appreciate all you guys listening. Hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel. And look for this on your podcast platforms after we upload it. Hope everybody has a great weekend. And we'll catch you next time on the next After, after Stank Show with OnThePonyExpress.com. Thanks for listening to the On The Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at On3SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage. Madness is here. Say goodbye to 
busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 